0: Um, so is is because you mentioned that spirituality was part of who you are and you're curious about it ever since you were a kid. Um, mm-hmm. how has your definition of spirituality changed since you've been as you as a kid and as you've grown?
1: Oh gosh, that's a really um hard question to mm-hmm. answer. I think as I've matured, I've realized that it's actually a daily practice that I have to commit to Mm. and um and take action on uh whereas as a child it sort of just um took control of me and i wasn't sure kind of how to how to manage it but um yeah it's a daily practice and which kind of leads me to wanting to talk not so much about me and my story but but highly sensitive people and Mm. and i think spirituality in a daily practice of self-care or a daily Mm. spiritual practice is so important for highly sensitive people Mm. to um to become self-aware of who they are. It's like, mm. kind of like that day in San Francisco, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are your needs? How is that different from mainstream? How are your values different from the ones that you internalized from a culture that maybe mm. didn't understand who you were? So mm. um, we HSPs are 15 to 20% of the population.
0: So before you go on with this, sorry to interrupt, yeah. you. Can, you, can, you just, can you just define what HSP is? So people do yeah. yeah.
1: Briefly, my brief definition, it's 15 to 20% of the human population. And we're also found in over a hundred other species. And we have inherited a genetic trait um, called the academic term is sensory processing sensitivity, which just means that our nervous system is more finely tuned to our environment. So that means that we respond usually emotionally um, to our environment, whether it be positive or negative. Mm. And uh, we have research has shown that our prefrontal cortex uh, is more active than the other 80% of the population. Mm. And Elaine Aaron has coined a term called does, which shows that we highly sensitive people have four characteristics in common. Although there's 1.6 billion of us in the world, and I want to make it really clear how different we all are, because our personalities manifest from our family of origin and from so many different variables, our education level, um, our culture, where we were born, etc. But this DOES is stands for depth of processing our prefrontal cortex is more activated. So we think deeply and broadly and long mm-hmm. about issues in our life, about how the world is going, about who am I, where do I belong? Why is this happening in the world? Really explained me as a child with my big why questions, yeah. my big existential why questions. Yeah. It, was my, it was my prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Yeah. And then unfortunately that can often lead to the only negative thing about highly sensitive people, which is overstimulation. Our nervous system gets more overstimulated Mm. at a much quicker rate than the other 80%. Mm. So we have to be really aware and cognizant of of that happening and and, Mm. and utilize tools and strategies to get us back into a more calmer flow state of, Mm. of being. And then the other one is uh, D O E S. We HSPs have a great deal of emotional responsiveness, intensity, sometimes reactivity, mm-hmm. and a great deal of empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, research has shown that our mirror neurons are more activated than the other eighty mm-hmm. percent. So that's why we can generally empathize with another person's mood, or even sometimes. Uh, pick up on another person's mood. And then the final thing is sensitive to subtleties. And that it's just being aware of the many nuances in our environment, whether that be uh, me looking at this room I'm in or out the window at the mountains, or just being aware of nuances, temperature changes. Um, Some people kind of sometimes erroneously think that we're sensitive to to light, sound, noise. Which we can be. Mm-hmm. However, we can't confuse that with misophonia or hyperacusis, which is a, a, an acutely uh, sensitivity, painful sensitivity to sound. So, this idea that we're more sensitive to sound is is not necessarily part of the sensitive Mm. to subtleties it's more the way that our brain processes the nuances Mm. and the and the and the the sensitive subtleties that we pick up in our environment i think that's why so many hsps are the artists the deep thinkers uh, the the spiritual leaders or as elaine calls us, the priestly advisors Mm. Uh, we process information from our environment and, and search for more deep, meaningful applications to mm. the information. Mm. So some people who say they're sensitive to noise, for example, think nothing about going to a concert that is blaring, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. For me, going to a concert, I do have to sit on the side. I you generally take earplugs, it's much too loud. But yeah. um, anyway, so that's kind of a, yeah. a, a same thing to differentiate. Yep. It yeah, it's genetic. It's genetic. It's passed down and it's genetic and and why is that there were only fifteen to twenty percent? Um Elaine has said that we that it's an evolutionary uh benefit that only fifteen to twenty percent of the population it's a survival strategy, so that if if a hundred percent of the people had it, it wouldn't be a survival strategy. Like studies have shown that fruit flies, for example, Mm -hmm. fruit flies, um in a test, they were um, given this new food in this cage. So um, there were a certain percentage of the fruit flies who paused to check. They didn't rush into this new food, which was a trap actually. Mm. They watched the other 80% of the fruit flies rushing in without thinking and they were trapped so Mm -hmm. it's you know our evolutionary survival strategy is that we pause to check that we think deeper about consequences before Mm -hmm. we act which is why i think we're so needed in the world right now
0: Mm -hmm. um and um so how do we navigate through life because it's like it can really get overwhelming sensing other people's energy sensing because it's like you're in you're in a room and people's emotions trigger you you sense the light the sound and you get distracted easily so consumed in other people's thoughts that you believe that they are yours um so is it like you have to protect yourself every time you go out like what do you do yeah i think protect is a good
1: word i also think prevention is really important being aware of what's coming up in your day. Mm -hmm. Um, Every morning I kind of imagine myself climbing up on this tower and looking out into the land and thinking, okay, what's coming my way today? What kind of energies, what kind of people, what kind of challenges, what kind of challenges that may trigger some of my unhealed wounds, so Mm -hmm. just be. And, pre- and preventing as much as I can over stimulation but also being very aware of one of the biggest challenges for highly sensitive people and then we're going to move into the impact there's a difference between highly sensitive people yes yes impasse. impasse are um, especially when they are unaware they truly cannot tell where they end and someone else begins where Mm. you know what someone else is feeling it becomes what they're feeling and so that that's not necessarily the hsp we're aware of moods and we can be affected by them but most of us have a distinct awareness and this is a question to ask yourself if your mood suddenly changes Mm. um to say is this emotion mine or someone else's Mm. So again, when you're in that environment of light, sound, noise, moods, energies, and, and you don't have you you have to be there, you don't have a choice. Uh, it's very important to be aware of what I call your optimal level of stimulation. So mm-hmm. for me, that means, oh, maybe I need to excuse myself and take a walk. Maybe I need to go into a bathroom stall and do some breathing exercises to get back to my center so mm-hmm. that I can enter this this chaotic scene more as an observer and saying, I'm observing this chaotic scene, Mm -hmm. I'm observing the energy that feels unpleasant over here. I'm observing, um, I'm hearing and observing the loud music. But I am again, this practice of trying to observe from my center of who I am, and, and, and what I need, and often what I need sometimes is to leave early. And some, and sometimes, to to choose very carefully about where I go, who I'm with,
0: and what I do. Um, and um, do you believe that people who are uh, not HSP can understand people who are highly sensitive?
1: Oh. I would love to think that yes, they could and they should and they can and they are but I don't think that's true. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I think I think they can if they choose to, if they choose to open up and move past their often black and white rigid thinking and open themselves up to possibilities and to honoring diversity. I think they can. Now, will they do that? some mm. do some don't mm.
0: uh, so how is like can you explain your life because you mentioned like um your your life kind of shifted away when you moved at age 22 when you were kind of independent I sensed uh mm-hmm. and in your own journey and detached from like your family and your restri- like your restricted mindset of what you believe reality is mm-hmm. why why is it hard to live with people who are um, not highly Mm. sensitive. Why is it difficult? I think it's only difficult if the environment
1: is rigid. Mm -hmm. If the if the if the environment is a closed system and mm. rigid, meaning that there are expected ways to think, act, and be, mm. and a value system that one is expected to adhere mm. to, it's mm. different. It's it is very, very mm. difficult and very painful. And yeah. and and that's where I think many HSPs get this deep wounding of they don't belong. Yeah. And and they don't belong because they. I'm not sure that they've realized that. Oh, this rigid environment is expecting me to be um fit into a round a round square when mm. i'm actually I, I mean a square peg when i'm actually round mm. and so once we start realizing that oh this environment is just not who i am mm. um, then we can again try to become an observer and again mm. this is not easy and it's a, often a lifelong yeah. journey but i think environments which are open more open, which allows for more healthy exchange of ideas and feelings Mm -hmm. and needs where someone can say what they truly think and feel Mm -hmm. and will be heard with empathy and respect and where Mm -hmm. conflict is like, oh, we have a conflict. Let's see how we can best resolve it so that everybody wins Mm -hmm. and an environment which says, you know, you can be you. And I can be me and we don't have to be alike, but we can honor our differences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think when we live in open environments, um, it's not so difficult to be an HSP if we can advocate for our own needs. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it goes both ways too, to respect other people who aren't like us, uh, but again, for me to thrive, I have to have an open environment, which is respectful of the diversity of thought, feeling, and need.
0: Yeah, yeah. and um, if someone is not in a space where they feel heard, respected, um, Mm -hmm. welcomed as they are currently at this moment, and they want to get out of that space, um, how could they deal with their time there before they find out? What the next step they could do to get themselves out of that space right right oh boy that's another
1: lifelong part i think of the spiritual daily spiritual practice is yeah. to find ways to go inward yeah. either through prayer meditation mm-hmm. long walks in nature mm-hmm. journaling what you truly think feel in need mm-hmm. um, and again be aware of the deep wounds that you're probably carrying with you from a life in this environment which doesn't respect and see you and Mm -hmm. and oftentimes i i do think professional help is very necessary to break those bonds Mm -hmm. uh, and those um attachments which may not be as supportive as we need Mm -hmm. um and if you can't do that again just this daily time with yourself alone and Mm -hmm. if you can find another highly sensitive person Mm -hmm. um the internet is full of all and social media offers all kinds of uh, ways to connect with other highly sensitive people
0: and what is your difference between prayer and meditation for you yeah prayer
1: there's all kinds of prayers if you study different religions and there's contemplative prayer which I really enjoy um, in going into nature sort of contemplative prayer and it's where I just sort of um, experience, um, maybe not even verbally, but just releasing any thoughts or worries or questions that kind of goes back to my childhood about, you know, the big whys or yeah. like, you know, and then just sort of expecting and waiting for some sort of, of response or some sort of answer or some sort of wisdom. Mm. And I especially gain a lot of that when I go into nature, mm. I always go not always but many times going into nature with a question or a concern and i i seek wisdom from nature and i usually i usually very much uh, get some sort of wisdom that can carry me to the next step whereas i think meditation there's again all kinds of meditation transcendental meditation is one and that's just you know a meditation where you try to clear your mind and you, of all thoughts and worries and concerns, and you just you meditate, and and it, it's a practice yeah. of clearing your mind. Yeah. Um, there's other meditations where you um, get in touch with your bodily sensations and release, you know, tension in your body. Um, so again, I think um, it depends on what you're yeah. you're seeking.
0: And when you mentioned you go into nature and you get some wisdom, mm-hmm. um, do you think you are the one who? comes up with this, with this wisdom, like is your brain created because you're in that state or do you believe that there's a higher power that kind of guides you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah.
1: Oh, thanks for asking that question because, uh, part of my retreats that I do, I always offer this um day or experience called nature as teacher and healer Mm -hmm. and it's where we use It's perfect for we hsps because it's we use our sensitive to subtleties where we Mm -hmm. um we um tune into what are we seeing what are we smelling what are we hearing what are we um sensing what what memories do we have and so it's this process of going into nature and following your attraction and so for example let's say i see this beautiful tree and i follow my attraction and when you get to a place of following your attraction the question you ask is am i welcome here so let's say that a bird sings that's a sign that I'm welcome here Let's say that suddenly a cold breeze comes or the wind blows really harshly and it's a sign to me that no I'm not welcome here. So I keep looking for the place that I'm welcome and so you take your concern there and um, and to me nature and God a higher self are kind of all the same for me um, and so here's a brief story about one of my nature's teacher and healer experiences i my my concern that i went into nature with was i was feeling totally overburdened totally overwhelmed totally uh, kind of burnt out mm. and i i did my you know i found my place that said i'm welcome i mm. i spent time letting images and f- memories and feelings and everything come to me and and i was thinking okay so it's not going to work this time because nothing was coming to me and uh, just before the timer went out to come back to the group i just happened to look down at the ground and there was these ants and they were carrying this huge for them stick log i'm sure it was for them there were probably about 10 of them and they were carrying this huge stick up this really steep hill for them. Again, for me it was nothing, but for them, I could tell it was this huge, huge hill. They were quick and they were all working together. And so my answer was just so simple. It was like, well, duh, Jacqueline, you could ask for help. You yeah. could ask for support. You could make yourself vulnerable and saying, "I'm really needing some support here." Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and so it was just a beautiful little yeah. message to me that um I don't have to go it alone.
0: I don't yeah. have to be so strong. Yeah. Um, so but, I think it. But also, it's like when you, it's like okay, yes, you realize that you need help, but at the same time, you can't just go to any person and ask for help. Uh, because yeah. they cannot be open to hearing, hearing, to what is it that you're trying to say? I, 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 I don't know if you felt that too, but sometimes you would say something, you'd express what you're feeling so clearly, hoping that other people would get it, but then you go on with the conversation, and it's like, can you hear what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying this, it's like, what you, it's only what you think yeah
1: yes. yes. yeah right yes oh isn't that so oh, oh. i know that feeling <laughs> i just get it i get a pit in my stomach again and i i have this um this beautiful it's an article but it's a list of i think it's 12 things that you receive when you are in a conversation or a relationship sharing this type of thing with another hsp and it's just the opposite of what you described when you share with someone who doesn't get it who twists your words who becomes defensive about what you say um and who gives you anything but nurturing and support or empathy and oh my gosh so it's like again how do we protect ourselves from that experience um Mm -hmm. It's a journey, again, and um, there's something in the Bible that that, um, says something about don't um, throw your uh, pearls before swine. So I've become very selective about who do I share my innermost
0: uh,
1: thoughts and feelings and needs with. Um, Mm. And and, and in my younger years, I was just like an open book, wearing my heart on my sleeves, and it would get, you know, kind of uh, put down or hurt. Yeah. so so often and um so again i think Mm. we have to search for Mm. Mm. those supportive environments and sometimes we have to pay for them through through therapy well i think um you know one in five people have this Mm. genetic trait Mm. uh i would say as we know many of those people don't even know they have it so they I think being emotionally responsive and empathy Mm -hmm. comes from the research that shows that our mirror neurons are more activated than the other Mm. other 80 Mm -hmm. percent research also shows that the insula part of our brain is more activated and that tends to be the seat of consciousness Mm -hmm. um so which again and our prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. and then our amygdala gets more activated just where our emotions are so i think it's an innate trait that we do that naturally but i think our environments can shut that down yeah cause us to become very callous and wounded and, and uh, invisible Mm -hmm. to ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. even. And that's why I think it's very much sort of like coming out um, as a highly sensitive person. For many
0: people, it is like coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, And what are your thoughts about high-sensitive people and marriage? Do you... Yeah. (laughs) Good question.
1: I've been with my partner since 1978 and he's an on HSP. He's a major introvert and he's not, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, the major thing that our relationship has causes us to do is honor differences. But Mm -hmm. sometimes, uh, again, it's, i think marriage is hard any anyway. Mm. i think relationships are hard anyway i think um you hear this um saying that oh all hsps have trouble in relationships is that true or false i think it's true mm. because i think all people have trouble in relationships whether mm. they want to admit it or not and i think the key is just having uh, the hsp become empowered about who they are, and it um, mm-hmm. goes back to that research, service, and advocacy. What yeah. are what are the you know what do I what are who am I? Uh, yeah. What do I need? How do I advocate for my needs? And again, prevention and being very very careful before mm-hmm. you enter into a marriage. Truthfully, mm-hmm. if I was doing it all over again, yeah. knowing what I know, now, I yeah. probably wouldn't have. Mar- I probably wouldn't have married my husband uh, wow. because. Not not that I don't love him, not that we haven't built a life together that I'm quite proud of in our children. But now, knowing what I know now, I I probably uh, would not have done that. Uh, But then again, you know, we HSPs, we fall in love hard and fast and and deep. And and to me, that's a warning sign to, oh, take your time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh,
0: I have a question on that. If you like fall deeply and you feel so deeply like. Will there be people who get that? Because it's going to be a play in a place where you love them so deeply that it, it sometimes feel that you love them more than they love you back. Is this a thing? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it, I think it is a thing because I think that we HSPs are capable of a great deal of love. Yeah. Um. And but I also think that that love can get confused that our emotions can get overly confused and involved with what we think love is and elaine elaine has a beautiful book called the undervalued self where she Mm. describes what love is Mm. and love is showing an interest in who the person is wanting to know who they are what their favorite color is what do they need uh how can i make you happy and i think we hsps often fall too hard too fast and we ignore facts like oh it seems like this person if we really think about it i'm calling them more than they're calling me i'm revealing more about me than they're revealing about themselves Mm i'm i'm it's if we really are looking at facts it's it's sometimes not reciprocal Mm -hmm. and so
0: i think Uh we have
1: to be protect
0: ourselves in that way and do you think that a, a highly sensitive person should marry a highly sensitive person?
1: Oh, again, I, you know, there another book by Elaine is The Highly Sensitive Person in Love. Uh, yeah. I think, I think there's um, pros and cons to that. I yeah. think the, the cons are that two highly sensitive people, especially if you're introverts, you might tend to get stuck in a comfort zone and never venture too far out of it, which would, yeah. for me, as a sensitive extrovert, um, would be a bit, I would find it a bit, constricting and it may be boring but then an hsp and a non-hsp could also have more conflict in that they have different needs especially mm. if uh, the introvert and extrovert um and just so many different um things mm. so again it's um uh, um i don't think there's a, a key yeah. i think I, from from the myers briggs perspective which I'm, yeah. I'm right in i think the more closely that your dominant function mm. is similar and mm-hmm. Elaine talks about that. I think it's in chapter nine mm-hmm. of her first book. I, we, I'm facilitating a book club discussion. We just finished chapter nine on soul and spirit, and she's she talks about getting to know your dominant function uh, uh, that Carl Jung had talked about and the Myers Briggs mm-hmm. talks about. So I think the more closely one's dominant or auxiliary fun- functions mm-hmm. are aligned,
0: the more compatible you might mm-hmm. be. Um, and how has that affected your kids. Did you, how, how did you being highly sensitive affect your raising your kids?
1: Well, I think for me, it was the women's movement, which Mm -hmm. empowered me first, Mm -hmm. that made it so much more, um, freeing for me to embrace my high sensitivity mm. and to be empowered to say, excuse me, but I don't think that way. Mm. Excuse me, but um, I see that will work for you, but it really doesn't work for me. Mm. And raising my children um, in a feminist environment mm. allowed me to, uh, to to raise my sons in a feminist environment where mm. uh, the, the value in our family was everyone had a voice. Mm. Everyone's voice was heard. We had family meetings. Um, where we identified an issue uh, let's say that and i knew it was working when my sons were maybe um 11 and 13 and mm-hmm. they were at each other's throat and calling each other names and the how the tension in the house was really negative and so we had a family meeting about it and and they were supposed to come with what are you thinking feeling and needing mm-hmm. so um i knew this was working when they came to well what i'm thinking is that he's a jerk and what mm-hmm. i'm needing is to keep his hands off my stuff, and um, know what I'm thinking is he's a jerk what I'm feeling is I'm pissed and what I'm needing is to keep his hands off my property and I was like okay good start good start so for me raising children as a feminist and as an empowered highly sensitive person Mm -hmm. just allowed and expected everyone to have their their own voice Mm -hmm. and to be take personal responsibility Mm -hmm. for what they needed and to make sure that the environment was, was open so that everybody could be an individual and, mm. and still belong.
0: Oh my God. Thank you so much for your time. We're towards the end of the episode. Like it's actually, it took longer than expected, but it's awesome. Um, I got the final question for you and it is, what is your definition of success? My definition of success is to define
1: success on your own terms.
0: Interesting. And then what is your definition, your specific definition?
1: Uh, my specific definition of success is living my life. Uh, I, I call it authentic sensitive living, showing up and with a willingness and an awareness um, um, to show up f- being real, being honest, mm. uh, being caring about other human beings in the world mm. and and the struggles and strivings that we all face, which is a need to belong, a need for love a need to connect. I need to save I need to save the planet. Yeah. Living my life with those values is um, been success for me.
0: Amazing. And do you believe that you're successful now?
1: Yes, I think so. Um, Does that mean I've arrived anywhere? No. Does that mean that I'm happy every day? No. Does that mean, uh, I do think I have a deep sense of contentment, but that's different than being happy Mm. every
0: day. And I
1: think that's come with maturity as well.
0: Um, So, Thank you so much for your time. And for anyone who wants to connect with you, where should they find you?
1: Um, my new website is going to be JacquelineStrickland.com. It hopefully will be launched in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's LifeWorksHelp.com. Mm-hmm. And my email is Jacqueline at HSPGatheringRetreats.com.
0: Perfect. So thank you again for joining me. and uh, yeah. And for everyone listening, I hope you all have an amazing, awesome rest of your day.